The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 8th, 2018, season 14, episode number 55. Welcome to another edition of The Break. This will be an explosive hour, so buckle in. There's a lot to talk about, a lot that happened in that game yesterday when the Cowboys lose to the Houston Texans in overtime, 19-16. Close game, mostly throughout. Fairly entertaining game. But at the end of the day, Cowboys just couldn't do enough in order to get that win. We'll break it down for you guys, tell you what we think, what went right and wrong for the Cowboys. How's everybody feeling this morning? Awesome. Tired? Amber yeah. looks like she's a little tired. <laughs> I'm a walking zombie right now. Zombie. zombie. I'm a walking zombie. All right, so let's get into it. Um, usually I'll go around the table and ask what you thought, like what your big takeaway moment was from the game. I'm not going to do that today because I want to jump right in. We got to talk about fourth down. That was, I think, when you look at this game and you think about what fans are talking about right now, what fans are thinking, by far, and there were a lot of key moments in this game. Nick, we'll talk about that a little bit later because I know you had your five plays and maybe should have been 10 or 20 probably. You did eight. You could have probably gotten to 15. Probably. But um, I think that by far the biggest play of this game that everybody's talking about is what happened on fourth down. Um, in overtime that was basically 623 and I think it actually started with this play it was six minutes 23 seconds left in overtime it was third and one um, and the Cowboys decide to run up the middle with Zeke for no gain they get nothing um, gets to fourth and one and Jason Garrett makes a decision that they're going to punt and so I will throw it out to you guys at this point was that the right decision and if so why I'll I'll start and and let me say this too. I went back and looked at it. the The, the sheet says fourth and one. It really wasn't. It was, a little it was a little bit more than that. I'm not I'm not giving them any kind of pass for that. Um, in that case, I'm I'm punting. Um, I I don't have a problem with that. You have a pretty good punter. He got you down to the ten yard line, and and it, but you're just going off of what you've seen and what you saw in the last fifteen minutes of real time. Uh, you saw. You know, two minutes ago, they, they, they just got stuffed. You know, they, they tried to run Zeke. That wasn't working against Detroit. Didn't work here. He got stuffed. And you're going off of your defense is playing well. They couldn't they couldn't block Crawford there. You put him down to the 10-yard line. You, you, you think you've got a pretty good chance to get the ball back. Um, I don't have a real problem with, with that part of it. I got some problems with some other things, but not that part for me. Dave. Yeah, I, I've gone back and forth on this a few times. And, I mean, y'all know me well enough. Like, you would probably expect that I'd be here, like, breathing fire that they didn't go for it, which they probably should have. If you want to win the game, that was probably the right call statistically. I do agree with Nick. Like, I have next to no confidence they would have gotten it. None. I mean, almost whatsoever. 2.7 yards per carry for Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, you could throw. You could trick it up. You could do something. But... I did not have a ton of confidence that they could pick up that yard and a half, which that is an indictment of everything they've done here the last six years. Like you built this team to be able to pick that up in that situation. And the fact that they didn't have confidence to do it is um, alarming. And traditionally, let's go back the last two years that they have had this this group in place. 
They have been very good at that. Yeah. I oh, think this year is when you're starting to see the cracks in that well, foundation. The, the stat going around right now is, I believe, 18 out of 20 times since Ezekiel Elliott joined this team, they've gone for it on fourth, fourth and short and converted. So they've been stuffed twice. Um, like I said, I don't have a, have a ton of confidence. I still think statistically, if you want to win the game, your best play is probably to go for it there because hats off to the defense. They played well enough to win. They were amazing in the red zone, but they got annihilated between the twenties last night. And that's, you know, that's where Houston would have been. And you only need a field goal once you punt that ball to win the game. So, you know, you're not, you're not having a fourth goal line stand in overtime. They're going to kick the field goal as soon as they get into range, which statistically that seemed like a good bet based on how Houston had been moving the ball. So, um, I'm not sure that it was like just this big, dumb, moronic decision not to go for it like a lot of people are painting it, but I do think it was statistically probably the right call. I have, again, I don't have a ton of confidence they would have gotten it, which is alarming. Um, so, Amber? I think you can easily argue both ways. And I would say, in my opinion, at that point, I would have probably just gone for it and risk it and try to get it, get it just because of where you're at at the game and after seeing I mean Watson wow he he is so good and connecting with Hopkins you you saw a game what they're able to do so you know they're going to be able to move down the ball and if you don't risk it at that moment just go for it as soon as the Texans get the ball it's you you we all knew that was gonna sorry we all knew that was gonna happen and as well as the defense had been playing when it gets to that point, it's just you can't. And I see, I saw people commenting back at me talking about, oh, you, before we got to the end of the game, just saying, oh, you, you see, defense can win games. No, clearly not. Like, watch what happened. And again, you can't put everything on your defense. You need your freaking offense to be able to help you out and the coaches to be able to make the right calls at the right times in order to position your players the best yeah. way as possible. I don't, I don't understand how that's com so complicated. You know, I, I it, this goes back to me, and I'm standing on the sidelines with you guys, and I'm like, I wouldn't have even, I, I honestly would have kicked off to start the overtime, and and I know that's not traditional. But just the way the game was going, that's what I would have done because I, I think that I had a good chance to, the way the defense was playing, to stop them down there. Now, they didn't, but they also held them to a field goal. I don't know how conservative Houston was being there, but they held them to a field goal. So even that being said, you know, you still would have had the chance to come back. So I, you know, I have problems with a lot of things they did. I mean, but not, not so much that, but I think Dave said it best. I mean, not so much the upset about the call. It's the fact that you don't really think you can get it, and that is your problem. Yeah, and I think, honestly, when you look at this, uh, Dave said it's a, it's a bigger problem. It is. It's an indictment on, to some degree, it's an indictment on the entire philosophy of this team. because To some they degree have, or just completely and totally? Well, just completely and totally. Let's say completely and totally. But the, the fact of the matter is that they have created – this offense, they've created this team, this whole team identity around the ability to be able to get a third and one, to be able to get a fourth and one. They invested that top pick in the running back. They invested a ton of picks in the offensive line. They've invested a lot of money in the offensive line. Their expectation is that if anything they should be able to do well, it should be a third and one. It should be a fourth and one, right? And the fact that they didn't even have enough confidence 
on their opponent's side of the field to say, we're going to go for this because we feel like this is the best chance for us to win. This is the best thing that we do. That's an indictment on the whole the whole thing. Right? Which, oh, sorry. Go the ahead. whole thing ha- has been changed, though. I mean, you know, this this was your your passing game is so pathetic right now that that you become completely one dimensional on offense, and and you know, and then the whole offense is bad that you're you're a one dimensional football team. So, I mean, the receivers don't help anybody out. They're not that good at it the tight ends are making some screen passes and stuff like that but i don't think they're doing a whole lot in the blocking game so and and, you know you've lost your center and he's not coming back so that i don't know looney's not a huge problem but he's not at all pro so that that's a that's a problem there so i mean yeah i understand you guys you built the team for that but we're so far removed from that right now i mean because nobody is worried about any other thing than 21 and it was evident on that play right there. Zach Martin can't block everybody. Well, they said it after the game, in their post game, they said our whole game plan was mm-hmm. if you can stop 21. And guess what? They're going to face that every week. I mean, yeah. we knew that going into the season. Yeah. Every team worth its salt was going to enter the game saying, if we can stop 21, we got our best chance to win. And those teams that have been able to do it sufficiently, they typically I win. Think, I think that's the perfect scenario for me where I would want Rico Gathers to be working for the Cowboys because when they're able to take out the run for you – and you get Rico out there, obviously with his size and the things you would want him to be able to do, that's a battle that you would win most of the time when you're facing someone and a defender. So, But again, Rico not working out and nobody else working out for um, the Cowboys as far as receiver. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm about to take this way off. Okay, so. well, before we get to that, I do oh, want. I have one more thing I wanted sort of. to say about the, about the, the decision. Um, Jerry Jones, after the game, um, in his comments to the media, went the opposite way of everybody on this panel and said uh, the right decision was to punt. I'm sorry, he said uh, we were being outplayed. I'm sorry, he said we were being outplayed. It's time for risk at that particular time. That's not second guessing. He obviously believed that it was the right thing to do for them to punt the ball. Does that change your thought process? Ooh, he thought the right thing sorry, to the right do thing was for them to, to go, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. The right thing for them to do was to go for it. Does that at all factor into your decisions? Because what he's basically saying is, hey, we're in a position right there where even though we're being outplayed, we're in position. We're on their side of the field. We have the ball. This is what we do. If we're going to go down, go down and taking a risk and going for the win rather than punting the ball and seeing what happens. Um, like I said, I, that, that's – Pretty much where I come down is like I didn't have a ton of confidence they'd get it, but I think it was probably it would have been the right call. I mean, get a yard and a half, find a way to do it, and I, I mean your odds of winning skyrocket if you get that yard, as opposed to needing you need about six things to go right if you punt. You need the punt to be good, you need the defense to do its job expertly. Every play, every yeah. single play, yeah. you need to get the ball back, and then you need your terrible offense to not be terrible to get into position for game winning points. Right. Or you can get a first down on the 42, and then you need about what? So then you're on the 41. That's a 58-yard kick. So, I mean, I know Brett Maher made a 57-yarder, but you probably – you need about 10 yards to make it a realistic game-winning kick. Yep. You can do that. Or a tie. Uh, or at least a tie. Way well, – Way more real, may, way more likely those two things happen than the nineteen things happen if you punt. Yeah. So well, I mean, here, here's some other things too. That whole that whole drive, you know, Rod Smith comes in and runs the ball for one yard. I mean, what? Why? I mean, I, I know Zeke was hurt, but that if that's not your best play, let's try to get. I mean, the whole drive there, 
Second and nine, and Beasley runs an eight-yard route. Can we talk about the fact that that was his uh, first catch of the game? I mean, we can get into that later, I guess. Yeah, but. well, there's probably a whole segment to be done on the receivers. To be honest with you, there's probably a whole <laughs> not show. not his fault, though. There, yeah. There's probably... It's not his fault. Seriously, I'm... There's I saw him position himself four. a lot of time, a few times, and he was wide open, and he ran the route really good, and still, obviously, the ball didn't. Because he come. is a little guy, well, a little no, guy there who was, can there make was plays. One, there was one play, and it's Not floating. If you can't see but him. There, no, there's a play floating around the internet right now. That that you, did you see? No, that play? no, no. Basically, it was a it was a quick out. I want to see the pass protection. No, no. Seriously, it, it was it was a play where as soon as Dak got the ball, he looked directly at Cole. And it was very easy to recognize he was in man coverage. The guy had inside leverage. The, the defender had inside leverage. He was doing a quick out. It was there. Like, and he, he saw it, and then he turned, and that was the one he threw over to Zeke. At the, it was like a little screen out to Zeke, and I think he got tackled for a oh, one-yard gain or I no remember, gain or something like that. But yeah. he was wide, and it was down on the goal. I mean, they were in goal to go maybe. Like, I know it was First round drive. of 10. But, but it's, it's that kind of situation. When that wasn't a situation where he didn't see him. Mm-hmm. He clearly saw him. He decided, and it, w- it may have been a situation where the play was designed for him to look everybody off at Cole, but they knew they were going to the ball back over here to Zeke, which, again, I'm not necessarily against the call, but it does look like that there was an opportunity there that he missed. Well, in, the, in that case, you as a quarterback, don't you just make the play? And that's you what you would think. Exactly. That's what you would think. But, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I just don't – I'm not buying it. I heard what Alan Hearn said and all this. Like, we're, you know, we're creating separation. Go watch the tape. We're creating – I mean, I, I'm not buying it at all. I don't think these receivers are, are very good at all. And yeah, there's times you can go find a play where they, they're open and stuff. That, that always happens. But a lot of that is, too, is like blitzing different ways and, and making sure that they, they have to get the ball out quick. And then the, there is going to be a guy running free all the time, but they weren't ever worried about it. These guys had opportunity to help. Dak Dak played one of his best games. At least, I mean, he he was he was Romo like at times, just just getting these guys off of him, making play, throwing the ball, and his receivers just don't help him at all. And here here was the difference though. And I, you and I were talking about this in the press box. He was doing Romo type things in the pocket when it comes to getting away from the yeah. pressure. But then when he got away from the pressure, he just his balls just weren't accurate. He wasn't finding the right guy all the time, and he wasn't always as accurate as he should be. That's the part of his game I think he's got to work on because he's getting the part of being able to be a little more elusive, being able to get away from pressure. There were a lot of times he saved the offensive line yesterday. It just, after he did that, then it's just almost like he got frantic and just kind of threw the ball yeah. and didn't get it where it needed to be. Deshaun Watson did the same thing, and he's a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, his balls weren't accurate. I I don't I don't know. He does have a monster. I think, I, Dave, I, you've got to be changing your tune on this way back when. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just saying, because I, I was kind of right on the fence. you got to have a number one receiver. You you got to have a receiver who can catch the freaking ball. I don't. Well, I mean, let me let me do this. That that is a really big topic. Let's take a break real yeah. fast, and when we come back, I want to ask that question about: Do you need a one number one wide receiver? Has your tune changed at this point after seeing what we've seen the first few weeks, and definitely what you saw yesterday, yeah. and the opponent's number one wide receiver, and how much of a difference that guy makes? <laughs> Let's talk about that. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a. Hi thing then cutting the cord is scary but then i found out i could switch to direct tv now and still get the live sports i love no satellite needed no bulky hardware no annual contract just 
Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss. It was 1916 to the Houston Texans. They moved to 2-3 on the season, uh, but still in position in the division. Yay! So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, the Redskins play tonight on Monday Night Football. True. And uh, they're 2-1 and one if they lose to the Saints, which is very possible in New Orleans. Don't do this then with me right now. they'd be 2-2. Don't do this with me right now. Dave, it's my job to lay it out okay. and just tell people what right. the facts are. But Those hey, are the facts, right? Maybe the Cowboys will win the division. It's totally not impossible. Yeah. The whole thing looks like a dumpster fire. But it does. let's not talk, talk about it right now in the we'll, afternoon. We'll get into it tomorrow once that. we see what happens tonight, and we'll see where the Cowboys sit when we do our Big Picture Tuesday. But right now we're talking about the Cowboys' loss last night. Um, and before the break, we started kind of going down the path of the wide receiver, the wide receivers. Um, and going into this year or back in the offseason when the Cowboys made the decision that they were going to uh, let Des Bryant walk, um, the thought was, well, we're not, we don't necessarily need that kind of big number one wide receiver. Um, we're, we're okay with the idea that we can have a lot of good wide receivers, average wide receivers, whatever name you want to throw on them, um, and we think that that would be sufficient when we have a run-based offense. Do you guys still buy after what you've seen the first four weeks of the season, do you still buy that philosophy? No, I don't, not at all. I, I, I don't. Not with this situation. You know, to me, it's like, you know, you're at a the bottom of a cliff and there's one rope, and you got two people there. Now somebody's got to climb up there and then pull the other one up. But if nobody's strong enough to pull the other one up, then you, you're never going to get up there. So you got to have a great quarterback or you got to have a great receiver, one of the other. And this team just has average everything: average quarterback. Average receivers, that 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 negates your above average running back and offensive line. If you just if, if these guys can't help you, and yeah. and that yeah, I think that's a problem. And you can go back to Dez. Yeah, I think I I I honestly think right now I would probably look into the situation. I really would. I can't believe I'm even saying that. 
But if he if he wouldn't have been for the Twitter rant he went on, I think you would do it. I don't know if you can do it now with with what he did and what he said. I don't know. That's that's the only thing that would hold me back right now because when I look at Tavon, Deontay Thompson, Beasley, Hearns, ugh, running routes and stuff like that, man, I, I you just give them a ugh. I, I, the emoji came into my the one where there's the just like the, the green no well oh the one where you just well, well, the stuff coming out yeah. yeah. It just it's just so bad. A coach told me this the other day. One of the, one of the assistants told me, "Our guys don't win. Our receivers do do not win. They never win the ball. Me versus you, my two hands versus your two hands and I win the ball. They don't." And I you say what you want about Dez. He's not the same as what he was. He could still do that sometimes. Yeah, he's going to drop sometimes. some passes. He, let me ask what I just asked you put him on the team right now. Who is your best wide receiver on the team right now? No training camp, no nothing. Who's your best receiver on the team? Is. He is, but that's a low bar. Okay. Two and three is pretty low, too. No, I, but I, I hear your point. I guess my problem with it is still Dez was here last year, and the results still were the same. The offense was putrid toward the end of the season. So it wasn't like Dez was making a difference last year. So what makes you think bringing him back is going to now all of a sudden make things better. I don't think I, it's going to make things better. You're right. I'm, he would still be the best guy on this on this team as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Okay. But he was here last year, and it didn't make a difference. Okay, but you're two and three, and your fan base, you're losing your fan base. You, you just lost the state championship to a decent te- football team, and you've got to do something. You're not changing the quarterback. You're definitely not changing your running back. I know what you need to change. Well, then, then you wrote an article. Then about do it. then do that. I, I, that's fine too. Because the only thing I know, Cooper Rush won't be better. So that's out. That's out. I know Rod Smith won't be better. There's nobody on the line that'll be better. The only thing I can get better at receiver that's out there that knows the offense right now would probably be Dez. I don't know how good in shape he's in. That's the only thing there. And I know Jason Garrett is better at calling plays than Scott Linehan. So that's the only thing that I can think of to change this thing right now. Can I, can I throw this out, though? Yeah, go ahead. When you start talking about all of this, the, the philosophy that they have with the wide receivers, I think what we're missing here is the big problem right now, in my opinion, is the offensive line. If this offensive line was playing like it's played the last couple of years, there would have been no question on third down that you picked that up. And if you don't, there's definitely no question you're not going forward on fourth down because this offensive line would have been playing to the level that we expect them to play. Right now, even your best offensive linemen are not playing to the level of all pro. Like yesterday, there were some moments that Zach Frederick, I mean, Zach Martin didn't look as good as Zach Martin is supposed to look. Tyron Smith has had those moments throughout this season where he has not looked like Tyron Tyron Smith. Um, I really believe that right now we're making judgments on a lot of other things that really go back to the offensive line. I mean, they played pretty well last night. All things considered, I think they did too. I think Dak was on the run yeah. a lot. I he mean, got hit a lot. They, I don't know that Jadevian, they played as well. Clowney and JJ Watt. I, I mean, get all that at home. But this is battled. Tyron Smith and, and Travis. I mean, and, and they won. I mean, and, and Zach Martin. And I mean, think about it. Look at look at the stat sheet. Look at how many plays there were. They won. Okay, so let's break that down. JJ, JJ Watt. An offensive line is judged by what? It's judged by how well they run the ball. It's judged by how well, how well you protect your quarterback, right? right? Yesterday, as far as running the ball is concerned, the Cowboys ran the ball with Zeke Elliott 20 times for 54 yards with a 2.7 average. His worst of the season. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me the offensive line played pretty well? I meant more in a pass protection. That's not what I said. You, you changed it to general. No, what I'm, I said I'm saying was Tyron. No, I was talking about Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith took on uh, Clowney, right? I I oh. think Ty- 
for the some, well, some, Clowning yeah. took on everyone. He did. Right. He he he's a, he's a beast. He moves around. They should have drafted him number one. He actually, is, he is ridiculous. Um, go ahead. And so I just for the most part, I mean, Tyron versus him when it went. I thought Tyron probably won that won that battle, and that's what I was talking about. I'm not talking about the offense line versus their defense line. I'm talking about Tyron Smith there. Lyle Collins got a lot of help on that side, but I thought I thought Lyle played a pretty good game too. Now they've got a bunch of other issues there, and because you can do things different, because nobody's going to win at receiver, and they don't look downfield, and that's an, another thing. I was talking about those two guys right there. I thought they played well. Their offensive line did not win. And to go back on that fourth down real quick, or third and third down, they did exactly what you want them to do there. Third and one and a half. It's a very long one. You give me something. Give me something. Give me a yard. Give me a half yard. Do something where they have to pull the chains out and it's fourth and something, and then we're going to go for it. But you get stonewalled right there and don't get anything, what kind of confidence? You know what I mean? I, I, I like what they did there. They set it up to go fourth down, but they didn't make anything. But, but that's about the offensive line, in my opinion. And and so right. when you're thinking about the offensive line, and I, you're right. Okay, if you want to go person by person, you can say they had good moments, good, good days, whatever. Right. The fact of the matter is the offensive line was not as good as what the Cowboys – Cowboys need the offensive line to be in order for this whole philosophy to work. So if you start talking about wide receivers and needing a number one wide receiver, guess what? Yesterday, if the offensive line would have been as good as they expected it to be before Travis Frederick went out, they would have probably won that game. That would have been a whole—we would have been talking about a whole different thing today than talking about wide receivers. That is a reach— I don't think so. Okay, so if 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 they go for it on fourth down and they get it, do you think they win that game? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, was that not about the You're offensive just plugging line? Plugging Travis Frederick in for one play. He hasn't played a snap since mid-August, and I'm like, I don't. What's even the point? Who like we're so we're so past that. It doesn't even matter. And it goes it goes back oh. to the word indictment because if your offensive line has to be that good for anything yeah. to work, then the whole thing's but what what do you think this whole philosophy is built on? It's uh, built on the fact that they're going to have a better offensive line okay. than your defensive. No, line. but if that's you don't, what the whole if thing's you built don't on. have a quarterback, then it doesn't matter. And I'll sh- I'll tell you why. Two, 2014, great offensive line, three Pro Bowlers. Romo's the quarterback. Murray goes 1,800 yards. They they do you know they should have been in the championship game. We know that. 2015, Romo goes down. They played everybody at quarterback that's that's a, ever been a backup. Kellen Moore, Castle, Weed, and all that. They had the, one of the worst offensive lines. They couldn't run the ball in third and one. They were the worst third and one football team. They have no threat to do anything else. Then all of a sudden, 2016, they, they start moving the ball again. They get Zeke and all that, and now they're a great offensive line again. I, I mean, I think if you it starts with a passing game and a quarterback, it's not just the line. Because there's no way that that line got bad in 15 and now good in 16 again. It's, it's a lot of things involved there. I yeah, I really I'm, obviously this team misses Travis Frederick. Of course they do, but like I don't buy I don't buy it that 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 just it all collapses because he's not there. Like I think the offensive line has played well enough to win in at least four of the five. I mean Carolina was was pretty rough, but, but I don't think they played good enough to win yesterday. I think if the offensive line would have been better yesterday, they would have won other, that game. No, if your other players were making plays, I think the offensive line, yes, they haven't been amazing, but that's not on the top of my concerns right now. And when you look at – I've seen plenty of times where the offensive line has been able to buy Dak a lot of time, where Dak is just sitting there in the pocket and it's still – you're not able to make plays, and that's where it comes from. Had Dak Prescott been been making passes, connecting passes with receivers last night, we wouldn't even be talking about the offensive line right now. 
That's that's so you guys mean to tell me, that, but but a team that's built around the idea that they're going to run the ball, that can't pick up a third and one, that you don't feel confident can pick up a third and one and then a fourth and one, y'all don't think that's the major problem? Like, that's what this team does. If we went into training camp, we talked about throughout training camp, what's the best thing that this team does? I know I asked that question a number of times, and we all just flippantly said, no. the offensive, running the ball. Running the ball is the best thing they do. That's the best thing they do. That's not the best thing they do, I, and that no, means the whole thing is they're, flawed. They're sixth in the league. They're sixth in it the league in the rushing offense. They they're still pretty good, and that goes back to – they are sixth in the league in rushing offense, and they are 26th in the league in total offense. That is how embarrassingly bad their passing game is. I said it this morning on Twitter. It is probably harder to be that imbalanced, so good at one thing and so bad at the other thing, than it would be to just be mediocre at both. So, no, I sit here on Monday morning, and, I mean, no, the offensive line isn't perfect, and they won't be. They don't have Travis Frederick. But – can a receiver make a play? Can the quarterback make a good, like, a on-target throw? Like, it's that part is way more of a disaster than nitpicking the offensive line you're for talking not about being two, perfect. But you're talking about two different things, Dave. You're going back and taking numbers from the whole season. I'm not talking about these. I'm talking about last night. They could not run the ball yesterday. They couldn't run the ball yesterday. Right. That was the worst output as far as rushing is concerned for this team that we've seen in a long time. They couldn't run the ball. So, yes, if you want to look at the entire season, they're sixth in the league. That's great. That means for the season, they've done pretty well. As of yesterday, in that particular game, they were not able to run the ball. So the do, offensive line was not as okay, effective as it needed to be. Do they run what? the ball so, better if Tavon Austin can catch a 20-yard pass that hits both of his hands? Or maybe. if Deontay Thompson picks up a critical third down in the second half? Maybe, but going into this season, were you expecting those receivers to be difference makers? The, yeah. They don't have to. You were? They literally mm-hmm. no. That's the thing. They don't. That was. That's the whole philosophy was that they didn't have to be difference makers. Right. They just, because your offensive line and your running game was going to be great. Your running or your wide receivers need to make the plays that are put there on the platter for them to keep the offense moving when the opportunity arises. Like these are routine plays. Like we're. Not, I'm not asking you to be DeAndre Hopkins. I'm asking you to just catch a ball kinda, that hits you that in both of your hands. That, so every time you face a team that is able to stop the run for you. When of the Cowboys? When of yes, I, I think in this with this well, current no no be. with this current philosophy, the way they've built this team, I absolutely think so. If they aren't able to run the ball, I don't think they can be successful. Now, if they had a, the kind of receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins that now can do things in games that they take a routine catch and turn it into a big play, then yeah, maybe maybe they can do that. But they don't have those kinds of guys. Their quarterback is not playing at that kind of level where he can take average receivers and make them really really good, right? So. If they're not being able to run the ball, which is what they're built to do, and they're not certainly not being able to pick up those short yardage type situations, then I, I don't think they can be successful built the way they're currently built. Well, sometimes you're going to get beat even at your strongest area. And when you come and face a team that can do that for you, you better have a freaking backup plan and make it work. And, and that's maybe the problem now. Maybe they just yeah, don't have I'm, a backup I'm not, plan. I'm not blaming least, last night on the offensive line. At least they've got Jacksonville coming in. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're not that good. You know, they're the Jaguars, right? I, re- I, I didn't get a chance to answer, and I, I don't feel, like, super strongly about this, but, like, I still think this philosophy could work. They just haven't – they maybe, you know, blame the front office for not doing a good enough job of getting – the right receivers, good receivers. I mean, off-season talk aside, I mean, did anybody believe Deontay Thompson was going to go from being like a journeyman fifth, sixth receiver around the league to being a stud here? 
I still there were questions as to whether he should make this yeah, team. I didn't think he'd play this. Week. I still yeah. believe Tavon Austin can make a difference in this offense, and we've seen it. Yeah. Don't know that he's the guy that should be going downfield for you and catch, trying to catch those types of routes on a regular basis. Terrence Williams, nightmare. I mean, oh my God. Uh, Bryce Butler's played two snaps since he joined the team. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think highly of him as a person, and I still think that he can be a good player, but the lights appear to be too bright for him at this point in his career. Um, who am I forgetting right Beasley. now? Beasley. Beasley. <laughs> yeah, Beasley. He gets overlooked Honestly, a lot. And <laughs> for the life of me, I feel like I'm banging my head against the desk. Like, when he has had opportunities once every six hours – Alan Hearns does stuff. He caught a touchdown last night. I don't remember him having just any egregious drops. Like, why can't Alan Hearns be the guy running a post 18 yards downfield? He's a big-bodied guy. He can box out the DB. He has not displayed bad hands to this point in the season. By the way, he's had the best season of any receiver on this team. He had a he's, really, really good season in in, uh, in uh, Jacksonville. Him and the old, and him and Beasley are the only guys here that I trust to do their jobs but, the way that they're supposed the, to. The, the thing about Beasley is, if the defense des- decides, oh, we are stopping number eleven, then he gets stopped. It, it, it's not he if he's a byproduct of other things, then he can be you know dangerous, but. Who does he get compared to all the time just because of what he looks like? He get Wes Welker. Welker. Okay. Welker did some great things in New England when well, not only did they have Tom Brady throwing him the ball, but he did a lot of great things when, when Randy Moss was on the other side. And um, and then when he goes to Denver, you know, he has Demarius Thomas. So, you know, these guys – and I'm not saying he's not a, a really great player. And Manning, by the way. Well, yeah, Peyton Manning. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> but I'm just saying Beasley can't be your number one. He he can't because he will get shut down. If they, and last year they decided we're not letting you – we're not giving you Cole Beasley, Dak. You're going to have to do something else. And so when they, they make oh, an effort – Oh, say the something else. The something else that you want to bring back and think is going to work. I, I don't know if it's going to work, but I know this. He'll be the best receiver on the team. And so right now, and as Bill Parcells used to always say, you can't just go down to the Texaco and just pick up something else. Well, the only you got to fix the problem somehow. So who's out there? Who who can I get at wide receiver? It's, it's He's out there. Dez and not a whole lot else. I'm I'm gonna do it. I, but are, are, you, are you really making yourself? And I'm, I know this is gonna sound weird, but are you making yourself worse because you bring Dez in right now? He's gonna absolutely feel the pressure that if I'm not getting the ball, I'm making I'm showing everybody up that see I'm. I just think that that's bad for your locker room. That's horrible for your locker room. And I don't. And by the way, I don't think it's going to be much of a difference. Right. I saw this 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 play out last year. Like it wasn't. He didn't make a huge difference last year. So am I willing to deal with all the other stuff and, and maybe poisoning my locker room? Right now yeah, and him. and poisoning my locker room. Does, and not getting the production out of it. Hold on, hold on. Zeke doesn't get suspended six games. Do they make the playoffs? Probably. Okay. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? Probably not. Um, I don't. Probably, I, I probably at not. this point, what, what so, we're seeing, probably not. Right, probably not. So all I'm saying is, is you, you know, you can sit here and say that Des didn't really make a difference, but I think with the way that team was structured and stuff last year, I think you they but were better. To me, that was about the fact that you had Travis Frederick last year. That's not about the fact that you would add maybe Dez not. This year. I, I'm just I, you got to fix something. So I mean, if if they come in here and today and Jason says that the you know he has a lot of faith in this and this and this and this and this, then you know you're gonna keep you, you know do, that you, you do realize that's. Probably okay. You said. know what? We're gray today. 
You know, do something different. Don't come in with the blue thing and say, how are we doing, guys? I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I really, really like Jason as a person, but I'm just saying this this whole thing of just saying we're going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it like that, you have to change it somehow. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Insanity. Just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You, mm-hmm. you have to – he has to – Change the play calling right now. You have to. You have to remove Scott Linehan as the play caller, and you have to do something else. You have to some something. Go get another player. I don't know who's out there. That I'm so mystified. Because, I mean, I just said that they didn't do a good enough job of putting talent on this receiver core, but I'm fairly confident Dez would not be making a huge I, imp- impact. And I, I don't know. Either. I certainly, I, I don't think Sammy Watkins would be doing much, oh, I mean, yeah. except just eating up salary cap space. Um, I mean, I wonder if a guy like like Cooks, who was traded, was he traded this yeah, offseason? I wonder if, if you would have gone to get a guy like that, does he make a difference? I'm just thinking about the guys that moved teams over last offseason. Were there guys in that mix that could have been better fits if the Cowboys wanted to go with a different philosophy and really invest in, if they wanted to upgrade the wide position? Um, I mean, they basically said, we're going to not have a number one type wide receiver. If they would have gone the other route and said, we don't think Dez is a number one anymore, but we're going to go out and get a number one, what kind of guys could they have gotten that could have changed things? I wish that they, Alan Hearns has said this, and and I've heard it, you know, from people off the record too, is like, they, like Alan Hearns thought for real that he was going to play with Dez. When he came here, yeah. Just, just cut his salary a little bit and give it one more go. And then if it doesn't work, you can draft Wait, you're the with, guy. You're with him that we go get no, this. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm saying oh, oh, okay. I wish they had handled oh, the okay. whole thing differently yeah, I got to you. begin with. I got you. I thought you were saying go but go get dead. No, the, the, the one thing that I did say a, a lot of times is that, you know, you're going to bring in a good teacher, you know, as Sanjay Lau, which I haven't really seen these unbelievable routes that are being run, but but he was supposed to be this great route running teacher and coach where – you know, that's the one thing Des really needed to, to work on. So that's, you know, that would have been nice to, to maybe see that. I, I'm just saying they're sitting there, they're cut, they're bleeding, and blood's dripping all over the place. So, so get a Band-Aid, figure it out, do something, or you're just going to sit there and just bleed to death. you got to do something here to fix this. I don't know what it is. Bad-ass defense coming in here next yeah. week, too. Pissed-off oh, defense, yeah. too. Yeah, they yeah, got no embarrassed doubt. yesterday yeah, they, so, by their and, standards. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to get Mahomes – you know, out here, I don't think they're. I don't think oh, they have man. anybody. I can't wait. Showing it on TV. I can't wait to hear what Jalen Ramsey has to say about this offense. He really oh, needs to shut the front door, oh, though, don't you think? I disagree. I, no, no. I mean, uh, you love it because you like that whole like. Just, I like guys who are willing to speak their mind. Right, right. But I mean, he got embarrassed yesterday. I mean, they absolutely they picked but, him apart. I mean, yesterday. he. Yeah, but I mean, he's over here talking about Tyreek Hill and did all that antics and stuff like that, and the guy he, ran by him. J- Jalen, he'll say, I mean, he'll admit it when he lose. Like, it's yeah. not like he's he'll he'll call a spade a spade, regardless of whether it's good or bad. So I I don't know. I'm interested to see what that's he's how got the Cowboys win right there. That's what that's what, what a, that's what if the Cowboys have a Landon Collins, that's what they need to say. You know what? We need to do something on offense. Put the ball in Bortles' hands and see if we can win. That's the best chance the Cowboys have to win. Yep. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, I do want to talk about this defense a little bit more and how they performed yesterday. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. 
That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True, they even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the Growler. Hmm, I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're breaking down this Cowboys loss 1916 versus the Houston Texans in Houston. Uh, not a great moment. Not a great moment for the Cowboys at all. But the interesting part about this NFL is you're probably one or two plays difference in a very different show today. And that's just the nature of the NFL. And, and there's same probably, as last week. Same as last week, right? Yeah. You, you you get one or two plays that go a different way, yep. and our whole conversation is different. because And, and that also means it's probably not as good as, it, as you think it is after a win. It's probably not as bad as you think it is after a loss. Now, there are a lot of things to point out and a lot of things that this team didn't do well yesterday. But this whole conversation would be very different if a couple plays would have gone a different way. There's like three teams in the league that can be confident that they're very good and about four that can be confident that they're total butt. Yeah. And then there's 25 that who the hell knows. On any given week, it just depends on yeah. how they show up and what happens in the game. That's exactly right. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the defense. I thought overall this defense played a remarkably great game yesterday. What I mean by that is the fact that they had their opponent was in – I mean, they were within the, the three-yard line, the Cowboys' three-yard line on five different occasions, and the Cowboys only allowed them in the end zone one time. That is a really, really great effort against an offense where, yeah, they don't run the ball great, but Alfred Blue looked pretty decent on some plays, and more importantly, they got some receivers that are some, some difference makers, and they got a really difference-making quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the definition of bend but don't break defense. I mean, they they did a lot of bending, but you know, they got down to the one yard line. I mean, they you know was they one of six in the red zone for touchdowns. I mean, I thought that was a, an amazing stat. They they played really tough. Um, had some big time hits. They were flying around the ball. Uh, as I wrote in my column, I, I thought they were they were really really good. But the the biggest problem they had is they didn't ha- they weren't great. And for this football team, you have to be great to win because they're so one-dimensional, and they weren't great. They were really good, though. It's interesting you say that because in the post game, uh, we were talking to uh, Tyrone Crawford, and he said, you know, maybe the he, was he said we didn't do enough yesterday. I think there's a, there comes a point when you have to think about it, like if if they're not scoring, then we got to score. Jalen kind of yeah. kind of said the same thing, but if you think about it, sometimes when your offense isn't being able to do the things that they normally are able to do. That's the, the nature know. of a team is that that means the defense then may have to pick up that slack. I know. I just don't like – You don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that in in October because the, that will lead to more – I hope not more finger-pointing when the guy's saying that in week five. But I don't think uh, – let me let me be clear. He it wasn't was, – It was not in any way – it was more pointed at, hey, that's what teams do. Teams are teams because yeah. Yeah. you Help don't – you don't. Yeah, if, if one side of the ball isn't having a great day – then the other side got to pick up the slack. And this is, it goes the other way, too. There'll be days when they're going to run into some offenses that this defense won't be able to stop, yeah. and it'll be the offense's job on those days to match with that offense, right? It's, that's the nature of a team. For sure. And that. I, <laughs> if that happens. I didn't, get, I didn't get any sense of, like, resentment or frustration yeah, from those comments, which – and that's what you have to say. But me, like, they can't say this in front of the media, but I can say, nah, like – they doubled their turnover tally on the season. They had two in one game after only having two all year. Held them to 19 points, 16 points in regulation, three goal line stands. They played well enough to win. They were, uh, Houston was 33% on third down. Um, and it, it feels weird to say they played this amazing game because they gave up 462 yards. Like I said, maybe that's why you don't punt in overtime because you know they're gonna they can zip down the field. It's only when the field shrinks that they're good. That doesn't help you in overtime. So fast, my friend. What? Look at the second half. Hey, Lee Corson. <laughs> <laughs> look at the second half. You look at the second half. Cal, the the Texans had seven possessions. Only two times did they score, and those are two field goals. They forced them to punt three times, and they had two turnovers. That's more turnovers than they've had all season. They had it in the second half of that game. So if you look at it from that you make standpoint, a nice point. in the second half, the defense really was playing well enough to where I just, it kind of corroborates why you would, if you're Jason Garrett, why you might say, I'll put this in the hands of my defense and say that they're going to stop them because they've been doing a really good job of that in the second half. And their quarterback was, you know, they just knocked him to the ground, and you know, you're not really sure exactly what you had over there. I right. mean— you know, so that you're thinking about everything. Uh, you know, I I know I wrote eight plays. We don't have time to get to it. But I, I'll tell you one play. One play that I think really affected the whole game the most, if you think about it. Right before the Hail Mary, that was the play of the game for me. The ball's at the 47-yard line. You have 10 seconds to go. You need eight yards. He Jason says he wanted to get to the 40. No. Not at, no. 57-yarder? No. He made a 57-yarder in preseason and hit the net. With that electricity, that crowd, all of us could have probably kicked a 50-yarder. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm just saying, he, you would have tried a 62-yarder with him. And you just needed five yards, eight yards over the middle. Beasley, somebody, make the play, call a timeout. And, and then you have a chance to go win, win this. I had people telling me on Twitter, with four seconds to go, they should have done something, a, a quick out, because they had nobody covering them over there. 
one, two, three, get about eight yards, and then you could try it. But yeah. you know, I better I, shot that. But I think right there with that ten seconds, you, you're you just need about eight yards, and you had a timeout. I thought that was the biggest play right there because I'm telling you, Brett Marhar would have. He would have got it there. 62, 63, he would have got the ball there. I don't know if it's going through, but the adrenaline that he's got. and, and I would have given him a shot. Hey. Though, no doubt about it. This kid's made 11 in a row. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, hey. And let's and, not, and, and let's not and talk know, about what happened with the other guy. I know who hasn't no. made yeah. 11 in yeah. a row. Let's absolutely talk about it. I mean, you know, we, we spent an hour killing him for everything, and rightfully so. This is not a good football team, but – um, everybody and their mother, including all of us, questioned that decision. But Brett Maher looks great. Dan Bailey does not. He struggled in Philadelphia yesterday. Um, so they get it right sometimes. Yeah. Here's, so, here's, sometimes. Here's what I want to see, too. And I told you this in the press box. I, fourth and one with a quarterback sneak, it, it, it makes it almost every time, right? Um, why fourth down? You know, third and one? I mean, why not? why not let Dak do something on third and one? I mean, wrinkle it up a little bit. I mean, put him in the shotgun, and then he goes up there to tell somebody something, and then snap the ball. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a yard right there. You can lean forward. You know who and get does that. it a lot? And that, it's just the Patriots do that a lot. Yes, third Tom down, Brady. Brady's great at like, it. Like they always, they get down there. It's it's one to go. They're they're quarterback it's, sneak, and everybody knows what's coming. Right. He just leans on his offensive he just line, dry humps the down. center, and yeah. gets like three. It yards. happens all the time. It's it would have. It would have. I don't know. It would have been really embarrassing if it had blown up. But I wonder with the way the Texans were keying on it, like a naked bootleg or something like that, how that would work. But know. you know, that's my thing, and I think this all goes back to who's making the uh, the offensive play calls and and how creative they are. Who's to say they're on fourth down that you had to run Zeke up the middle, right? There, there should have been lots of opportunities. You know they were going to be keying on Zeke. So there should have been a lot of things Wait. you could have done there if you were going to go for it on fourth and one and a half yeah. to be able to get that first down that may not – that could have been a play fake to Zeke and then somebody else has the ball, whether it's Tavon, whether it's uh, whether it's um, 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 Dak, whether he's throwing the ball. Like I think there are lots of other things hey, you could have probably done. You know, let's also remember this. On third and one, Dak – it was a it was a read option, and so he, I mean, he missed the read. I guess he should have run. Now what did he I say? I don't know. I didn't see that. He said, "Well, he said the end sat on it, and he wouldn't have had anywhere to go." Right. That's, I mean, I haven't watched it back, but that's Either. what he said. It was very tersely because somebody was like, "What happened on the read option?" He was like, "The end sat on it, so I wouldn't have had." I mean, that's what he right. was implying. And so. sometimes, sometimes defenses can can give you the look where. They got both things blocked, and I mean, they got both things defended. You know, and you don't, this, you're not going to get anything. This is this was big on big, though. It really was. I mean, we talk because of this side. We talk about what the Cowboys were built for with the offensive line and their their first round picks and all that. But you got to remember too, and that you know, this is what Houston is built for. I mean, they they drafted two top ten uh, defensive ends, and one of them, if they have to redraft, even that that was an amazing draft. JJ Watt's not going what eleven. He, he's not going that far, I guarantee that. And Clowney's going to get drafted probably number one again. But I'm just saying they, they're built for that as well. And it was big on big. It was, it was, a, it was a slugfest from that standpoint. I mean, I thought, I thought the – I mean, it was an entertaining football game. But just that one wrinkle down there when they, they, they got a gift for the turnover and they got some creative plays and it was some nice stuff. But, but why does it have to be at the red zone to do that? Why can't we have some creativity to do some of that stuff? Although I will – I don't remember. It was late in the game. It was probably late in the fourth, but it was another third and one, wasn't it? They they did this slow – it might have been the play where Watt finally got his sack. Like they just – they did like a double motion on a third and short where, 
you know, it was like a fake to Zeke and then a fake to Tavon. And then you try to, it's like, just get the ball out, man. In that situation with the crowd loud and the defense keying on the pass, like, yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't that like that. sack was, was a big sack. It was that was actually a second nine, if that's what you're talking about. I think second so. nine with Watt. That was a big play in the game because after the punt return by Austin, I mean they're they got the forty five yard line. I mean, they need about twenty yards and, and they got three minutes to go. They have everything working for them, and then they go backwards. That was a bad drive. We kinda really bad. You're right. We kinda which we kinda glossed over it because there's so much frustrating bad stuff to say about the offense. And it does. It amounts to nothing because they lost. But like, just shout out to the Dallas defense made like as many heroic plays last night as you see in a typical seat. Like Jalen Smith, the fourth down, Ugh. just annihilated Watson. Twelve tackles for him, thirteen tackles for Vanderesh. They were everywhere. Xavier Woods just mauled Watson on the pylon to keep him out of the end zone. Jeff Heath lowered the boom on DeAndre Hopkins. With I mean that. That's the difference between winning and losing. Is like you got to stop him cold. Hey, um, best game I've Byron seen. Jones too. I'm sorry. No, well, Byron Jones had at least one or two breakups on end zone mm-hmm. passes. So they were they were lights out. They didn't well, not lights out. They were really good, especially in that area of the field, and they played well. I, I think I think you know, and, and I've said all along with about the Earl Thomas situation or getting a safety or whatever. Because I'm like, I'm not really sure what I have in Xavier Woods. Um, I. I thought that was his best game. I thought he played he played pretty well. He had he had some moments. I mean, they all did, but but I thought, you know, you saw some good sideline to sideline speed out of him and good instincts. It's unfortunate for him cuz I I mean, I thought he played pretty well, but he got, oh, the spin. He got put in a spin cycle on the play that lost him the game, yeah. which I mean, but that that to me, that was an absolute terrible job by Anthony Brown. And Anthony Brown had had a nice play too. But do you think you're not taller than Hopkins? You don't jump higher than Hopkins, and you don't recognize in the ball like he is. So why would you undercut him to think you're going to knock that ball? You know what? Play it safe. Catch, Especially if he, that point if in he the catches game. it, yeah. tackle him. You're not making this unbelievable play to change the game, and then what it did is that it just opened it up for him to go 50 yards. But I will say this: of the different missed tackles on that play, and, and Anthony Brown. To me, I, I also put that a lot on the fact that that's why you have a number one receiver is because he makes those kinds of plays that would normally be a routine catch and turns them into game-winning plays, and that's yeah. exactly what he did. And that's the argument that we, we I think we were making earlier in this show, which is when you don't have that guy, you don't have the ability to have that room for error where you can take something again that's just a routine play and now turn it into your game winner. You are. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it reminds me. I thought about bringing this up earlier, and since you talked about Leighton Vander Esch, it makes sense. Like, I feel really good about having that duo of freakishly athletic linebackers. That, I mean, that can make your defense formidable for yeah, the foreseeable future. So yeah, well, would, it would be nice to have DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley, but would you trade that away with what you've seen from Leighton Vander Esch nope. and Jalen Smith? Right and honestly, now. I don't think those guys would have been great for you That's, this year. Which so it like it's an uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable spot because like I don't know I don't know what would make it better right now. I mean, obviously, if your quarterback was just playing much much better, but I think we all would agree that. That's not going to happen right now. Yeah, a healthy, strong Frederick. Yeah, I mean that would be nice too. But that's also not going to happen. That's that's officially not going to happen. Which we didn't even talk about that. But I mean, yeah, Frederick is now on IR. Travis Frederick, at least for eight weeks. Eight weeks from now, 
he's not going to be in the he's not going to be playing football. I don't think he will play this year and I don't think he should play this year. Yeah. Like just being in the building, seeing what he's working through doesn't look the same. Uh I wish nothing but I, yeah, well then that it goes back to what I said in August. Like they should have put him on IR right away and just like, "Hey, your nerves are attacking your body. Like go figure that out and don't worry about football right now. Like you got bigger fish to fry in terms of your life." So so, but he's not going to be here anytime soon, and neither is Terrence Williams. Not that he was helping you, but he definitely can't now. Yep. So, all right, real quick before we end the show, I do need to give a shout out though to Cowboys Nation in Houston. That was about as electric and an environment absolutely I've seen in an NFL game in a long time on both sides. Uh, it was almost it felt like a college game because no matter who was on the field. The both. fans were going crazy, yeah. and they were making it hard for the offenses, both offenses. And at one point, you saw the Texans saying quiet down and they didn't realize no 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 you're hyping them up because those are cowboys fans it was a great environment never i've never seen the road defense like hyping up the crowd during a timeout before that was it was easily one of one of the top three best non-playoff environments i've been in and it goes back to what nick wrote last week and i know you guys asked steven about it in the pregame if there was a way to get that game every year it's, you can't tell me that within five years that thing would have – talk about rivalries in the division. That thing would be right up there with those rivalries think, in the division. Think no about, about it. the passion that's in every seat. You yeah. know, Because that person goes to work today, yes. and that person's got Cowboy fan here, Cowboy fan here, Texans fan over here, and then Eagle fan over there that just always talking whatever. You know what I mean? But that yes. is – got to have this game. You've yes. got to, and, and that's every seat in the thing. And the passion is there, and then this guy over here has been talking the whole game, and you just want it. That's what these, you know, you put the geography into place. You're going to have a lot of split stuff. Like that's yep. why. Shout out to you. That's why your team, that Texas OU game, that was it's such a big deal. It's huge because it's, it's just so close, yeah. and everyone's right there, and it just means so much. And in this case, you ha- this is a point in the year where you just got to have a win like this. I uh, I ran into a guy in the lobby yesterday afternoon. And he asked me who I picked, and I was like, "Oh, I hope I'm wrong, but I picked the Texans." It's, you know, whatever. That's just how I feel. And he was like, "You can't tell me that, dude. Like, if they don't get this game, like, I it's 365 days where I got to hear about it from everybody in my life." I was like, "That sounds terrible. I'm sorry. I don't know what but to that, say." But that's where real rivalries are made. Yeah. Like, that's when the real rivalries yeah. are made. Is when. Not it's not the game so much as much as it is what you got to deal with all of your surrounding yep. people, your family, your friends who are on the other side. Which I'm dealing with a lot of that today, but that's a part of it. Like, you know what I like? That's though? a part of it. I, uh, where the Spanish radio was located, I had to go through you know the crowd and people and the stands and all that. The environment was so good, like everyone just having fun between everyone. It's not like. The Eagles that want to get into a fight every time. Right. If someone bumps to you, I'm going to punch right. you in the face. No, this was like a good energy. And the rivalry, rivalry, however rivalry, you say that, yeah. is there for sure. But it's in, a, in good it's fun. It's a fun. It's yes. a fun rivalry. It good is. Good NRG. Good energy. I like that. That was good. That was bad. Uh, We'll end the show on that. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll give you Big Picture Tuesday, tell you what's happening around the league, around the NFC East. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!